Amen. So good morning. Welcome to New Hope Chapel Sunday morning worship service. We invite, obviously, those that are online in attendance. We look forward to the day that we could fellowship together in the same sanctuary and actually see each other. There's just something uplifting about being in the family of God routinely. And, of course, we miss those gatherings together from Sunday to Saturday because we often do get together with church family. We should. But welcome. I've given you a hint because the title of my sermon this morning is Only One Way. And my text is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. Thank you. Thank you very much. My outline is obviously displayed behind me for your easy reference. I want you to pray with me in the spirit of Psalm 1914. Those who have known me know that I always go there. I am seeking the Lord's anointing on my words because they represent his thoughts. And I want to make sure that I state it correctly. So, dear Lord, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen? Amen. You know, I heard a story of a pastor talking to his five-year-old son, and he asked him two questions. First of all, he said, are you sure that when you die, you will go to heaven? And the little boy said, yes, Daddy, I'm sure. Then he asked him the second question. If you were to die tonight, and God said to you, why should I let you into my heaven, what would you answer? Because I'm dead. Believe it or not, that is exactly what most people think is necessary to get into heaven. And that is, just die. And according to researcher George Barna, when Americans were asked the question, when you die, will you go to heaven? 98% of responding Americans believe that when they die, they are going to heaven. And I believe that most people either don't understand what the Bible says about going to heaven or they don't believe it. What besides death is required? You know, some people I heard about were anxious to go overseas. But in order to get into a particular country, they needed their visas. They didn't have them. And they waited for months upon months until finally they asked a Christian family if they would just pray that God would make the visas available. And an eight-year-old boy from this family went up to his daddy and said, what is it they need to get into that country? And the dad said, they need their visa. And the little boy said, well, why don't they just try MasterCard? My point. Well, you do have to have a visa to get into heaven. And his name is Jesus. But most people don't have this visa and they're not going to get in. That sounds very intolerant. But I'm just repeating what Jesus said when he made one of the most politically incorrect statements in the history of the world. And that's our text. 
Matthew 7, 13 to 14, which states, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus said there are two roads you can travel in this world. One road leads to destruction. The other road leads to life. And there are two, two groups who travel these roads. There are the many and there are the few. There is the majority and there is the minority. What I have just said, Jesus himself said, the majority takes the road to destruction while the minority takes the road to life. There is a high road that leads to heaven, and there is a low road that leads to hell, and the high road is narrow, and the low road is broad. What I have just said to you is all that you need to understand that we ought to be evangelical-minded people. It is the job of those of, of us who are on the narrow way to lead people who are on the broad way to hell to show them the narrow way, which is the only way which leads to heaven. You see, it's either God's way or the highway. In this instance, the highway is the die way. And we have a mandate to carry out a mission, to preach a message about a master who can take anybody to heaven. And so first, in the odd line, consider that we are to alert people to a hellish deception. Our text, verse 13, states, Wide is the gate. There is a road that is both big and broad. It's easy to travel. It has plenty of room. The vast majority of people in this world stay on this road and love it. And Jesus pictures here a large entrance to a city that opens wide into a large boulevard. The road has a wide entrance and is spacious. It's easy to locate, easy to travel. There are no limitations on any baggage that you want to bring. You can take anything you please. You don't have to leave anything behind. <clears throat> and to stay on it, all you have to do is whatever you please. Absolutely no effort is required. It's an easy road to travel. It has few rules, few requirements, and few restrictions. It's an all-inclusive road. The pervert travels this road. The pedophile travels this road. The adulterer travels this road. The pornographer travels this road. The drunkard travels this road. The fornicator travels this road. The good person whose worst sin is an occasional white lie travels this road, and so on. It is also an indulgent road. Anything goes and anyone is welcome. Sin is tolerated, truth is moderated, and acceptance is elevated. It is the road most people travel. This is the road for people who believe in anything or believe in nothing. 
They believe that one religion is just as valuable as another. They believe that all roads lead to God and eventually we're all going to wind up in the same place. It would shock you to know who are included in this crowd called many. Let me just give you an abbreviated list. Atheists, agnostics, humanists, communists, Jews, Gentiles, blacks, whites, they're all on this road. But there are also some people on this road that may surprise you. Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, Catholics, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Mormons, Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, anyone who has never been born again and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord is on this road. Matthew 7.21 says that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but only he who does the will of my Father. And what is the will of the Father? That we accept and submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In other words, be born again. And Jesus said this broad road leads to destruction. Now obviously, the people who are on this road do not believe that or they would get off the road. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. In 1999, State Farm Insurance rated the most dangerous intersections for accidents in the United States. And they determined that the most dangerous intersection in America was at the corner of Beltline and and Midway Road in Addison, Texas. At this one intersection... In a very affluent Dallas suburb, in one year, there were 263 crashes. That averages out to five wrecks per week. That's a dangerous intersection. But the most dangerous intersection in the universe is where Religion Avenue intersects Good Works Boulevard. Because the vast majority of this world believes that one or the other or both is all that is necessary to get into heaven. Well, Jesus is giving us a warning, just as I'm giving you a warning right now. You may be at the intersection of Religion Avenue and Good Works Boulevard, and you may have convinced yourself that you are going to heaven. But if you're not on the road marked grace, driving in a car marked faith, being driven by Jesus Christ, you are on the wrong road headed away from God. An agnostic made an appointment one time to see a pastor. And he walked into the pastor's office and he said, I have a deep philosophical question. And the pastor said, what is it? The agnostic said, where is hell? Expecting a long theological dissertation, the pastor simply said, at the end of a Christless life. If you don't believe that, then you are following in the same hellish deception that appeals to most people. Secondly, considering your outline that we are to attract people to a heavenly direction. 
Our text, verse 14, states, Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, Jesus said that the gate that leads to life is narrow. The Greek word used here is stenos, which literally means to groan because of the tremendous pressure. It was a word that was used to represent a constriction. It gives us the word stenography from which we have gotten our word shorthand. See, the Lord here paints a picture of a tiny gate that is easily overlooked. You have to search for it to find it. And the road is also very never, very narrow. And it, it never broadens, no matter how far or how long you travel on it. You cannot bring any baggage through the gate. You've got to leave everything behind to get in. And because the gate is so narrow, you can only get through empty-handed. You've got to leave your pride, your prestige, and your position behind. In effect, you've got to go through this gate stark naked. You know why? Because the gate is Jesus. You see, the question is not, what is the way to heaven? The question is, who is the way to heaven? Do you know what Jesus meant when he said, this way is narrow? Well, listen to Jesus, what he said in John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Listen to what Peter says in Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Timothy 2.5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Now these verses are not politically correct nor are they very popular, but they're true nonetheless. And then Jesus goes on to say that not only is the gate narrow, but the way is difficult. And what did he mean by that? Well, listen carefully. I'm going to say something right now, which I've said before, that is going to sound contradictory, but it is true. You don't have to pay anything for salvation, but salvation will cost you everything you've got. You see, the reason few people enter this gate is not because the gate is too small, but people are too big. Jesus one time said that in order to enter into the kingdom of God, you must come as a little child. When you come to God as a sinner, he receives you as a saint. But if you come to God believing you are for the most part a saint, he will reject you as a sinner. Now, I know that what I'm saying makes me sound very narrow-minded. When I say that the gate to eternal life is Jesus and that he is the only gate that leads to heaven, that does sound very narrow. The reason why it does sound narrow is because it is narrow. We are being criticized more and more as Christians for being narrow-minded. And quite frankly... That doesn't bother me, because narrowness could be a great virtue. For example, at night, when a pilot is approaching an airfield, there are ground lights that tell the pilot what the runway is. 
That pilot can approach that runway from 360 degrees all the way around the horizon. He can approach that runway from any direction that he wants to, but only one, and only one direction and one angle approach are the right ones. And it is his business to bring that aircraft in at exactly the right direction on the right angle. There is only one road that leads to heaven. It is a narrow road. It is a one-lane street that runs from earth to heaven. There is also a broad road, a four-lane highway that runs from earth to hell. And that broad road that leads to hell intersects that narrow road that leads to heaven in just one place at the cross of Jesus Christ. And the cross is the only exit off that broad road that will take you to the narrow way that will take you to heaven. Third, in your outline, consider that we are to ask people for a holy decision. Our text, verse 13, states, Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate. A gate is meant to be opened. And it is meant to be entered. In order to enter a gate, you've got to decide to open it. But you can open a gate and still not walk through it. So you've got to decide to enter it as well. And those of us who have already opened that gate and entered that gate are to go to others and tell them about that gate so that they too can have the opportunity to enter it for themselves. Let me share that computers never cease to fascinate me and get me in trouble. One of the aspects of a computer that to me is both a curse and a blessing is emails. I can receive an email from someone and I can highlight every address I have in my address book and I can hit one little button called forward on my computer and instantaneously send that email to everyone on my address book. I've done that, gotten in trouble. Now it is the job of every generation to forward the gospel to the next generation and to do it all over the world. But the big difference is you cannot forward the gospel by pushing a button. You Do it by going and telling the good news, which is simply what evangelism is all about. Being willing to leave where you are, go where they are, and tell them what they need to hear, and then give them an opportunity to make a decision to receive Jesus Christ. It also can be, we can be instrumental for long distances by helping others to go, and that's all part of it. Certainly Operation Christmas Child is a way of reaching and participating in the spread of the gospel all over the world. See, Jesus said, everyone is headed for one of two destinies, either eternal life or eternal death. Don't ever forget this. Destiny is determined by decision. God's and man's decision. Please know, that God's role is more significant. But in this sermon, I'm focusing on man's side of that decision. And that decision looks to direction, and direction determines destiny. 
If you decide to go on the broad road, you will wind up in a place called destruction. But if you decide to go on the narrow road, you will wind up in the place called life. But either way, you will spend eternity where you decide to spend eternity. And that pretty much sums it up. There are two gates to enter, two roads to travel, two crowds to join, two destinies to reach. But make no mistake, Jesus said, there are only two gates, narrow and wide. There is no other gate. There are only two ways, easy and difficult. There is no middle way. There are, no, there are only two crowds, the many and the few. There is no neutral group. There are only two destinations, destruction and life. There's no alternative. Now listen, the number of people who travel the right road is not few because there's not enough room, because God has grace with no limits, and God's heaven is spacious. The only reason why there are few people as compared to the many is because a few people willingly make a choice to follow Jesus Christ. Now, do you remember the ancient Greek legend of the Minotaur? Let me refresh your memory. The Minotaur was a terrible monster that lived deep underground in a maze of caves and passages. And every year the Minotaur would come and and leave his area and devour young children. Somebody had to volunteer to stop it. A young man named Theseus volunteered. And he went down into the realm of darkness, took his sword, confronted the beast, and killed him. But there was one problem. How would he get back out of this maze? How would he find the right turns and pass through the right gates in this maze? Everyone who saw him enter into this deadly chasm was sure he would never come back. There was one person, however, who never stopped hoping. She loved Theseus and knew that he would return. And she knew it because before he left, she gave him a rope. And to her own waist, she tied the end of that rope. After he destroyed the monster, all he had to do to get back through that maze was to follow the rope that his loved one had given to him. It opened the right doors. It took him on the right paths. It marked the right gates, and it led him to the right place. This world is a maze in a, in a maze called sin. They're on the wrong road, entering the wrong gate, making the wrong turn. And it is our job to give them the rope of hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which can put them on the highway to heaven because it is God's way or the highway. It is therefore our job to point people on the right way. And that is the mission God has given us. That is why we are all to be evangelical missionaries. Amen? Well, service is over. And this morning we have an altar call. Because of the pandemic, we are going to have that altar call right in your own seats. And this will be between you and God. Listen, no one is to know your thoughts. No one 
is to ask you your thoughts because I want you to be completely honest with yourself and with God. And the question to ponder is, which road are you really on? Be honest. What's the point of deceiving yourself? It's a private conversation between you and God, and yes, he already knows. Do you? Those who are done, please leave quietly, as there are some who may be in deep, consequential thought. Amen? We will see you next Sunday. Amen.